Interesting, rare portal. Buttressed on the one side by Jill von Conan's Camp 38. And buttressed on the other by your let's say relationship i think generally for most people we could say your absolute and total fucking inability to tell yourself the truth but for the remnant it's going to be more like a passive aggressive hot cold not quite sure, maybe don't want to talk about it right now, sort of relationship. That's, that's how it works. For the avid observer of the War Horse podcast, recall just recently, we talked about this strange, I use these two dreams, these flow dreams, they were they took place months apart they you wouldn't i mean it took me actually months you know that's how uh that's how sharp attack i am it took me months to actually go huh i wonder if those two are related <laughs> but for the um the part-time plebeians who may be involved in listening to this episode suffice to say the down and dirty too long didn't read version is that in the first dream I am evidently me and I'm wandering through some place that's seemingly like Savannah, Georgia I'm on a sort of uh, scenic park-like coastline I look up I come out of the trees and I'm looking at this one of those like cartoon sunsets that's just way over the top that you you can't it keeps going and going and unfolding and then someone off to my left who I don't know who's evidently just a some sort of interloper I guess into the dream completely understands what's happening that I'm mesmerized and this person says Maybe he just flows, man. Meaning God. Somehow that was, you know, in in dreams we don't really have to, uh, not every word needs to be said. Hold on to that idea for our next episode. Not every word needs to be said. We're going to talk about a lady called Ia Whiteley. Who you probably have not heard of. I think very few people have heard of her, but more will. And we're going to recur to the the fucking mystery of um, Gerdell. Absolutely convinced that there was a conspiracy by the Habsburg House Habsburg Habsburg Empire, evidently to steal all of the work that Leibniz must have put into 
what was his, you know, crowning achievement? This is a monumental genius. And then another monumental genius being one of the few people to ever actually go through the like 16,000 fucking notebooks that Leibniz uh, left and discern that not just, he's not just saying, well, fuck, where's the characteristic universalis stuff? He's looking at the clues. He's developing an entire theory. Of course, he's gaslit into oblivion about this, and then all that shit is buried. But I'm sure there's nothing there. Yet, we're going to take a look at Ia Whiteley, NASA, and a whole bunch of other interesting billionaire sorts of players and whatnot. The, um, the dispersed spawn of the, the Nazi scientists that were pulled over here. Hey, and I'm not, you know, using Nazi as a disparaging term. Fuck, we're all called Nazis now. I'm talking about actual Nazis. Werner von Braun, etc. Curious. Curious indeed. But today, for our setup, boys and girls, this is, I work off of notes, but it's mostly all off the cuff. So if I have to make a note here or there, Indulge me. How's your Christmas season going? Boy, when the cash flow is not flowing, things get tough, don't they? Yeah, real fucking uncomfortable right out of the gate in December. For a lot of folks, uh, one of these warhorse days of Christmas, you know, just as a teaser, I will once again take off my totally unreliable narrator. You don't know who's talking. Don't pretend you do. I hardly do. But I'm going to take that mask off and actually attempt to be, to give you, you know, what very few people will will give you. So much of commentary doomer, collapsitarian, it's coming, it's happening, fucking going to be a collapse. It'll be okay. Patriots in control. It, do you see it? It's just little dots constellation forming absolute fucking uncertainty. You can try and suss this out. What? Oh, it's all power. All right. Well, at which level? Well, I'm going to give you today this recap, which I think is one of the most important concepts and that I've ever come across in my life. I've given it before. I believe and I know that for men in particular, repetition is absolutely necessary. You have to listen to that song 6,000 times. You have to play the song 6,000 times. You have to walk that trail 6,000 times. You have to have the same conversation with your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your wife 6,000 times because we don't really think. We're not really... Once Now this changes, okay, but not much. Uh, but we don't really think. That's the fact. I'm not, right, right now, words are just spilling out of my mouth, but there's, there's absolutely no plan of what those words will be. Sugar levels, snooze levels, levels of spiritual power. Who knows what all uh, goes into this. But because we don't think, repetition makes possible. This is why persistence alone is omniscient. This is why ritual is not an option. And this is why in a world that's, you're living in a war zone where the weapons are disguised and you're a combatant. Everybody you know is a combatant. And it's basically, when I say the fabric of reality is fraying, you know, it's well frayed, son. It's well fucking frayed now. When I refer and I repeat over and over and over, the blizzard of the soul has crossed the threshold and it's overturned, the, excuse me, the blizzard of the world 
has crossed the threshold and overturned the order of the soul. That was early 90s, dude. And he wasn't wrong. So, repetition would include what we do not do. Taboo is a ritual. Huh? What's that mean? It means if you ritually avoid getting wasted or turning to fucking some numbing agent for your problem, you will wake the fuck up. If you stop stuffing your fucking face with pulverized grains, zog slop garbage, you, you take, you know, the wrench and you stick it in the gears and for a moment you might be able to breathe and if you start to pattern that whole thing of yourself and the world around you you may be able to start to slowly wiggle your left toe slowly build up tiny incremental amounts of control of perspective you know people People, I think there's a there's variety, right? I get all sorts of different types of comments. Almost always in DM, which is understandable. Not everybody wants to go on any type of record as even being a listener to the Warhorse, much much less, you know, uh, goddamn, you might be onto something. I think that for most people, you know, I know because I've been doing this for a long time, that most people just, once they're sucked in, they find their limit, and then they have to lash out against it. That's the story of, I mean, I'm not doing anything that's fucking new. This is the story. There you go. Go back to, uh, what's her name? Beatrix Kiddo and Pai Mei. That's it. That's a spiritual practice. That's the fucking warrior's way. And... Hey, dude, there it is in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, I wouldn't scoff at Quentin Tarantino. He's a he's a dork, but uh, it doesn't mean that he's not right about that. On to your portal. Ah. As I was saying, We've, this is, you know, repetition, but this, I, I don't know, you know, maybe this will help one more dude. You're not going to find a copy of Camp 38, most likely. The last time the Warhorse went out, the price jumped from like, you could still find them for, you know, uh, under a hundred bucks. I don't know. I've seen some. Recently, if you can find them at all, over a hundred bucks. So, you can go to uh, James Bowery's website, which is fairchurch.org, and he has got um, he's got the whole thing posted there. I'm not going to give you the. You can go back in the Warhorse, and we've done multiple episodes on this idea. It's got branches and tendrils going into everything. What I am going to do is read to you a critical section in full. And then give you as much commentary as I can in the remaining time. Give me a little sippy sip of my beverage before we do this. Okay. This is, I'm taking it from majorityrights.com. Civilization takedown. The Tale of Lindsay, where James Mallory has a 
inserted a couple pages of the of the text. And this is the most important part. Not the most, but it's <sighs> okay. We'll read it and then we'll I will do the commentary. Okay, trust me. An enormously big lumberjack who was also a bully took a delight in tormenting the Chinese whenever they appeared at the company store. He thought it especially hilarious to trip them when they were loaded with supplies and going out the door. Also, he kept alive and continually embellished the mistake of the intended bride being placed in the brothel. His joy in that joke on these small stature people when his only pride was his bulk and strength reached to inexhaustible extremes. The hatred that the Chinese felt for him is fully understandable when the stories told show that the other loggers were ashamed that he was one of them. The Chinese had become well enough acquainted with the loggers' ways to understand most of the foul jokes and to understand that this man's attitude didn't represent that held by most of the others. The other loggers continually continually admonish the bully with, quote, you wouldn't talk like that to a man who was big enough to challenge you to a fight. Then one day, when this remark was made after the usual taunts from the giant logger, it brought a memorable response from one of the Chinese. The target at the moment was a slight, sensitive-faced Chinese man named Lin Si, who had come into the store alone. The fury that had been burning showed itself in this man, who contained it with the patient endurance that countless centuries had bred in his being. It didn't leap into flame. It glowed like a small, controlled dignity. Excuse me, it glowed with a small, controlled dignity, like some unearthly fire. Lin's purchase was only a small package, and although there was a big audience of men gathered in the store, the bully didn't think it worthwhile to trip him as he went out. He contented himself with foul-worded jokes. Lin heard the other loggers' disapproval expressed in, quote, You'd be more careful with a man who was big enough to fight you. Lin Si knew the full meaning of the fight, of the fight to which the words referred, and his understanding and deliberation created drama when he turned and faced the bully and the room full of men with dignity. The surprise of his turning to meet them instead of hurrying out the door as unobtrusively as possible caused, caused a hush to fall. In the waiting silence, his words were clear, and in full, fully understandable English, he said, If you gentlemen will ensure a fair fight, I will meet this man. There was only a short pause before someone said enthusiastically, Let's give him guns. That's the only way to make a fair fight in this case. The foreman was there and spoke up, quote, No. We've all agreed. No more guns. I'd like to see the little guy have his chance. But the judge said, if there's another suspicious shooting, every man here will face trial as an accomplice of a murderer. Before an argument developed on the point, Lynn announced, I do not want guns. 15 meters of strong cordage in addition to a knife will make an equal fight if there's a big area that has not been logged clean. The big man didn't like the sound of things, and with a guffaw, he tried to go back to the joking game. He wants to tie me up before he fights. He pulled the end of the rope from a nearby coil, threw it at Lynn, and held out his wrists with, quote, here, let's see you do it. No one laughed. The men were all on their feet and approaching the little man with an interest that was clearly that of a wolf pack moving up on a fight, but also with a silence that verged on becoming a reverent calm. They asked what he could do with the length of cordage. Lynn answered, 
Man is intelligent. His intelligence makes him a fit opponent for a bear or even an elephant. With a knife and a cord, a man can make a spear or a bow and arrow or a trap. He can do many things. He can fight with his intelligence, not just his bulk or his skill in handling a gun. But surprise is necessary to use intelligence. Man does not show the bear how he plans to trap them. I think it is fair that I and this man-bear have equal knives and lengths of cord, but do not tell how we will use them. The trap had been sprung. A man had used the weight of a mob for an intelligent purpose by, by appealing to fair play rather than the usual half-sleeping mob tendencies toward turning a fight into mob entertainment. The bully tried all the jokes and tricks he had learned in his attempt to put a laughing, leering mob behind him. But the mob weight was all used to make him accept the challenge in the fair terms stated. He wanted to reduce the size of the combat area, but they insisted on making it big enough to give strategy its due weight. The fight lasted a day and a night and well into the next day. Three times the big man tried to come out, but the jeers of the others drove him back. At twilight on the second day, when everyone was preparing to go into another all-night vigil, Lin appeared at the designated place and said calmly, A man is dead in the woods. Would some of you gentlemen help me carry him out? If the method Lin used to bring down the big man was ever known, it isn't of record but the occasion touched the imagination of the men, an area big enough to permit strategy, a knife with a 25-centimeter blade, too short for sophisticated swordsmanship, and a 15-meter length of cordage, strong enough to jerk up a big man's weight. These became the criteria of a fair fight. Whether it was, one, simple fear of the unknown, when contemplated through like light and dark hours in the forest, or two, a new respect for the unknown in people, when meeting those different from oneself, would be hard to determine, but the number of deaths by unstated causes in Camp 38 decreased after the establishment of those criteria for fairness. Page 123 and 125, Camp 38. Current Model of Northern European Lifestyle Before Christianity by Jill von Conan. Sovereign Press, Rochester, Washington. <clears throat> so, here's the shame part. When I first heard this, maybe it's going back 15 years now. That long? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I first heard James on Red Ice Radio. And tracked down all this stuff and, of course, got to know James later. And there's a big, you know, a number of other pieces. I'd like to have James back on the show because there's coherence in the way that these other pieces fit in. And that's not... I don't believe that we've ever gone into the, um, the rest of Camp 38. Maybe a little bit. So... If you are not, as a man, able to determine who the the way another way to formulate this that uh, that I think James would probably agree with here is that with abortion, women were given the right to decide who gets to have offspring and who doesn't. And they already kind of had that, but they 
that power was sort of corrupted. And men, you know, the natural state is, it's your right to determine who gets to continue to live. The way this, you know, would have to work out in some sort of organized society is is much more nuanced. It forms a, a tension among attention that that retains the truth that forces thought cooper- cooperation and it's um it's never picked up by any of the fucking libertarians nor the anarchists nor anybody else if you were to throw this camp 38 idea out to your average conservative would be, you know, immediately scoffed at and stuffed into some theoretical box. You always have, you know, the 19-year-old kid who's like, fuck yeah, this sounds good. And despite the inarguable uh, strengths that the 19-year-old testosterone-laden kid brings here too you know this setup equalizes the field to train just on the gun selects for a person who's merely needs to do that does not need to be able to read the weather, people, animals make good long-term decisions, good short-term decisions, none of that. Maybe more important here is that while Lindsay is smart and he plays, he's observed and he's, he knows kind of how to play this crowd, such that it moves towards a fair fight. The mano mano aspect here, especially when taken in conjunction with some of the um, the concomitant sort of necessary ideals that spring up around this way of organizing conflict, which is to say you would have to have some, you you don't, in in a situation uh, such as this, right, a society organized around this idea Everything is up front. And you cannot bring in your gang of five other dudes to rig the game. Which kind of forces you to be who you are. A lot of people... You know, I think do much better just shutting up, not talking, observing. A lot of people would be better off not forced into positions of leadership due to fear. If you have to live with the possibility of turning around at any moment of your life being challenged in a, in a way that calls on your physical and mental attributes. How do you think the, I mean, the, I think that we can hardly even 
most people imagine it. And this is um, a terrifying thing. If what Camp 38 and what this excerpt describes is a more organic, more sustainable, you know, this, I mean, fucking selective breeding and give me all your money while I sigh up the fuck out of you and remain anonymous, but not remain anonymous. Just as one example. Like, Jesus H. Christ. Another comment I think that is pertinent here is that You and I may wake up someday, you know, tomorrow or a couple weeks from now or never in a world where um, you may want to implement something like this, where this makes a lot more sense than, um, you know, just wandering around being slaughtered. But for now, it's pretty much a LARP, isn't it? Yep. And you don't get to decide, and I don't get to decide. Who lives and who dies. And, you know, in the final sort of analysis... That's still the that's still the only game in town. The um, what do the libertarians call it? The um, the the government backed hegemony on violence, something like that. Well. What you and I, and I mean anybody at this point, look at it like this maybe. What's stopping any, so we have 50 states, right? Say 10 people in each state, 500 total. I mean, a lot of us probably know 10 people in like 10 different states. What if you organized basic like sustainment level salaries for these people? $65,000 is supposedly like bare ass minimum, I think. Like you're still almost living in poverty. I think you are kind of technically in poverty if you have... Uh, family of four at that point. But let's just say that. 650, rounded up to a million, 50 million. Is that right? Let's say 50 million. Uh, dudes buy $50 million houses all the time. You know, whether you're fucking some rap star or an NBA star or a politician or whatever. $50 million is obviously like, you know, life changing for any of us, but um, consider it in the aggregate. Could Peter Thiel throw down? Yeah, I bet he could, you know, probably put a few zeros, a few more zeros behind that. And he could dedicate those, those people, the, the job of these people, and you could rotate them out, you know, if they became a problem like, all right, so the plan is I'm going to send these people. They are going to attack by email, by text, and in person, they are going to show up and hound, relentlessly shaming their representatives. They're going to broadcast this 
maybe you'd need, you know, some of your 10 could, could be diversified into some type of, uh, I mean, hell, how hard is it to become a, a you know, a me, you know, not a media expert, but just to fucking edit YouTube videos. Okay. So somebody does that for TikTok or whatever the fuck else. And the sport becomes the hounding. You're just endlessly shaming these people and you target individuals for this shame. Have you noticed how in the completely controlled psychic warfare space that, that is, you know, it's up for grabs. We're still, we're still semi-free. You know, we can still put up. No, dude. We've, I, I mean, I don't say all kinds of shit that I want to say because I have to think about, and you do too. Uh, you know, thinking about it long term, what is, what is it really, what's the real value? Is it better to persist in some other angle? Sure, of course, whatever. So, what do we have? $50 million. So you could probably double that to $100 million. $44 billion was paid for Twitter for um, purposes of, you know, free speech, of course, to save civilization. And I hope, I hope that I'm just not quite up to snuff to get, the, you know, the 3D chess, 4025D chess plan here. Um, because there are some major contradictions with uh, respect to certain relationships and whatnot. But, uh, you know, as my friend uh, on Twitter, he will know who he is, points out, this this configuration that we're in now, money and power, if it isn't just for access to young females, the ability to procreate, presumably, which it's not, I mean, this is how perverse everything has become, which is, by the way, why I think that uh, such a such a campaign, uh, you know, there always has been a lot of truth to the idea of like, no, 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 ridicule, ridicule these people publicly, hound them, you know, it's taking a while, but there's a lot of truth to this, pointing out the emperor's clothes, what have you. But somebody like Bezos, I mean, you look at his um, his partner, I guess, you know, and if that's all the case, uh, I don't think that procreation has much to do with it. You know, fantasy. Which brings this conversation to... What the, the the same old place, right? In the cartoon where Wiley e. Coyote has run off the edge of the cliff and he is holding an anvil, but yet he's not falling. I can't really claim to know. Um, I don't think anybody does know whether there's a breakaway civilization, whether there's a, a, a technology so advanced that a certain portion of elite human beings have already figured out how to step through dimensions and whatnots. And, uh, why, why keep launching you know, there's a story now like, well, it's out of control. Like, if we don't get to Mars, Bezos, uh, Musk, of course, how we're going to be fucked. In any other context, this would just, if you just pointed out, like, 
that's, you know, the dad's excuse for leaving his family is, hey, this fucker's going to fall apart. I got to go and get a different goddamn family, okay? You'd, uh, you'd rightly call him out as a fucking coward and a, a quitter and a, a piece of shit who needs to go back, dig the fuck in. And if you have to die by your family, then that's what you have to do. You're sitting on, we're all sitting here on the point with the theoretical Ten guys in each state, or ten, it could, you know, hire fucking super task oriented Karens. I don't know who is most productive at this sort of shit. Probably, right? It's shaming and rallying gossip. Okay, I don't care. You can do the same for all of the major stockholders uh, you know the controlling media elites and whatnot. well we could do this I guess we could you know but um, yeah maybe, maybe we should do that I have uh two and a half jobs you know major cash flow problems um, two kids another one on the way I already live in poverty and um, you know there's not there's not like a I guess that's not true there there is there is a ship that that very well may come in for me but um the point here is not to, you know, shame you or me for not doing this. The point is to look at our individual selves, you know, the one dream speaking back to the other one. The other one where Jennifer Aniston, of all people, is like, in kind of a sexy voice too. You just flow. Who are you talking to? Is this my subconscious telling me, no, bro. You're the guy. You you have to do that. We don't, in my opinion, we're we're stuck. You know, we're not just stuck, like we're configured this way to experience reality and um, to be forced back into social forms that uh, what do you say that are nested in yeah, the logos basically the, uh, an order again my position is that as we as just, you know, normal people. What you can do is develop spiritual and athletic practices. Pardon me. Repair your central nervous system. And reach out. See what comes. And the purpose, I suppose, to bring up these, um, you know, our situation where it's like, okay, so there's these huge power blocks. All right. I have this quote for the absorbers. They always, they, you know, this like, 
what happens when they double team you? Ah, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll juke and jive and step out for the three pointer. Okay. Well, what happens when they triple team you? Well, at that point, I have to pass, right? I mean, I got, I get two other teammates that should theoretically be wide open. Well, yeah, but that's what they want you to do. AI has been in use for 20 fucking years. If you have I don't want to use Elon Musk and I don't uh, Rothkop's super class types let's say you know ambitious scheming cynical soulless fucks like uh, Ghislaine Maxwell types of, of whom there are many I mean she's at all the Hollywood parties she's at all of the media gay laws and all that shit and the, the same types of people are there there's always been some truth to this idea that well if you're really powerless why do they have to spend so much goddamn effort to uh well the issue is that i think we've kind of lost sight of so many of us have become you have to scramble right i mean i have to scramble every fucking day I presume you probably do too. And if you're, you know, sitting there enjoying your loot and not doing something like to attain spiritual power at least, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. If you do that, fine, great. You know, I'm not going to browbeat you. I'm the last dude to fucking say, hey, get out there and, you know, uh, join local politics. I don't fucking care. The whole point was to say, was to put some pressure on this we have sat on this fucking narrative that it's vying power blocks now for like i mean twins since 2016 nothing fucking budged on it at all man all you did was you kind of on the far end of the um assembly line of would-be gorillas and uh, dead folk you know some of those just Drifted off and okay, well, um, goddamn, I guess I gotta buy a doomstead or I gotta do something, okay? And then those behind them move forward. Oh, geez, we gotta, we gotta really be serious about the election this year. And the guy right in front of him, uh, hey, bro, you, you really think the election still work? Were you not awake last time, or the time before that? I mean, we, like I said before, were you guys not around in uh, two thousand and four? I mean, Jesus Christ. This is why I'm telling you, we're in block time. And if it's spiritual, this is how I got around to presuming there must be some type of moral dimension, a consequential, something substantial to this. Yep, I know, all of the religions you know, tend to say, your out the outcomes are are going to be influenced by your by your character or something along these lines fair enough but um you know how many religious folks are actually going to the book and deciphering all that all for themselves i mean i know for certain that there are plenty of and I will, you know, I will um, bash on my own sect. Plenty of Orthodox folks who are, who are told, no, this just the magic is in the ritual of attending church. And I really don't think that these people are, one, they're not even wrong at a certain level, but um, they're certainly not, you know, in on the gag. The gag is once again. The, the thrust of this, if for those of you, if anyone is new, you know, start at the beginning. This is all to approach this from yet another surprise oblique angle, if possible. We're looking at narrative warfare. But I, I don't think that enough of us are equipped with um, 
because it's going to take more than a screenwriting degree. It's going to take more than um, listening to libertarian podcasts for a few years. The thing has roiled in on itself. And that's the point with these guys like Bezos and Musk. At, you know, at least Musk is spitting out kids left and right. So, I, I, of course, like everybody, I got to hold out some hope here. Um, you know, him telling the CEO of, of Disney, go fuck yourself. I like it. I like it. I, I don't know what all the guy's up to. I don't, but that's the thing. I'm not sure they do, man. <clears throat> My contention is, is that the linchpin to the cage, the little thing that you slide over and then it clips in, you know, to hold the, the that's the only thing that holds the, the fucking 90 pound dog in the plastic box. It's, um, it's shame. The beautiful thing about shame is you don't need to announce it to anybody. You don't need to, you have to purge it. Once again, every religious tradition that we have has a phase of the indoctrination revolving around this idea of purgation. The fucking sangomas in Africa, in your apprenticeship, you wake up every morning and you drink this weird, God only knows what it is, brew, white, frothy, fermented goat milk or something that makes you puke every morning. And you puke and you puke and you puke. You brush your teeth and you go about your day. But you begin with that. And then when you're Apprenticeship is over, I presume. Maybe you move on. Fasting. <clears throat> Taboos. It it's like we're we're babies. You know, well, maybe I should go on the fucking keto diet, or maybe I should go on the repeat diet, or maybe I should go on I have a sense that this is bigger than just molecules. I do anyway. You know, I think that a lot of other people do as well. Of course, the merger of all of these things does raise some questions. And uh, hell, dude, who are you going to turn to at this point? I don't know. My suggestion, though, is that the letting go, the purgation, you know, move towards simplifying your life, maybe. I don't know, something like that. You know, uh, like John Michael Greer says, it's a lot easier to fall from the curb onto the street than it is from the penthouse. Or, you know, I, I've crawled my way up to the fourth story. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I don't think so, buddy. That ain't, that ain't how reality works. And... Um, You don't, the, the gift is, you know, in not having to really announce this to anybody. You don't really, you know, your wife doesn't necessarily need to know. She can, you know, but your buddies at work or whatever. I mean, but the flip side is that and why it doesn't get done is the other side of the mirror looking back at you is, is real. It may be more real than you are. If we are moving into a condition of um, jumbled up reality, narratives, what have you, we are, okay? It, it may be worthwhile, you know, to uh, to take note of all of this repetitive imagery and symbolism, uh, kind of related to mirrors, labyrinths, 
getting lost in the forest, getting lost in the mansion, getting lost underground. I wouldn't worry too much about running into demons, dude. I wouldn't worry too much about running into a real-life cryptid or whatever. I would... I, I want to pause it. I want to suggest to anybody that cares to listen. You know, there's this guy. Uh, I'm not going to vouch for anything other than the this, this fact that he's got the balls to throw up this idea. Thomas Saws is sort of like a Randian type of fellow who, who more or less says that schizophrenia is a type of like extreme lying. It's like a child refuses to accept the, you know, the penalty. Like, all right, I made it up. The next episode, I believe, in the Warhorse Giftery, Giftathon, is going to be related to this idea of repentance. Um, you know, it comes right after, uh, right around purgation and such. But we'll get there. So, the notion of the doppelganger, you know. I am the arm and this dog like it is. Did you notice, by the way, that the arm tells Dale Cooper he had the arm has a fucking doppelganger. That's who's made the deal with Bad Cooper. What you have in Twin Peaks is a detailing of these binary things. Yeah, I got Black Lodge, White Lodge. I got it. Cool. Okay, that was a fun show. What comes after the binary? Well, there's only, there's only one option. That would be absolute total homogenization. That would be cyborg theocracy. That would be the total Borg, Slav, fucking blob, hive, singularity. When people talk about, oh my God, we're right on the edge of the cusp. Oh my God, nuclear war. Oh my God, civilizational meltdown. And then you pray for Jesus. What are you doing? You're just a blithering fucking idiot. You're fucking responsible. You're fucking implicated. You are. Are you going to pay? Am I going to pay? I don't know because, but I suspect, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I prepare myself daily for uh, something like an accounting. <clears throat> and uh, the fear of that, I don't think it's a toll house. I don't think that any of this shit is an accurate read. I think it's all just suggestion, but it's all suggesting something, the tone of which is terrifying. So I don't know. I think probably be lucky if it has enough, um, if it's organized at all, such that you have like the wherewithal to even stand quote trial. That's probably not, that's probably all metaphor for something much, much, much more grueling. Yeah. So, take, you know, believe it or not, there's like three or four portals within portals right there leading to another portal. And much of the back catalog of the Warhorse, you know, goes into excessive, great fucking detail. And you have the testimony of at least one other human being um, 
to go on, which was the promise of this project from day fucking one. We will return shortly for, don't worry, you know, it's probably slightly more cheery, but not everything uh, is for the kids, right? As they said in the Hudsucker proxy, did you see that one? Not great. Not the Coen Brothers' best work. Until then, friends. <laughs>